When you fall off a horse, you've got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, get back on the horse and try again. That's the advice my mom gave to me over and over again growing up. She loved to ride. Her dad owned racehorses. Me, not so much, though I did hit a trifecta at the Kentucky Derby a few years ago. Instead, my goal was to work in television. The second stop on my journey was from Tallahassee to Mobile, Alabama, or more precisely, Pensacola in Florida's Panhandle. I went there on the heels of Hurricane Ivan because if you listen to the show, you know I don't think things through. I'm trying to get better. Anyways, I went up there to face utter devastation. It was tough for me to find a place, woe is me, because so many others were displaced from the storm. To give you an idea of how tough it was for an advertising salesperson after this hurricane, I made a call on a costume shop whose ad in the Yellow Pages, yeah, 2005, the Yellow Pages were still a thing. Their ad in the Yellow Pages said, 10,000 costumes to choose from. I said, hey, how's business? Not so great since the storm. Oh, really? What's up? We only have 85 costumes left. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was the story for most places around town. Yeah, just change costumes for other types of widgets. But in any event, I did have some good times at a place called Captain Fun or other places where predominantly drinks were served in jars. I don't know if this is a southern tourist type of thing where you want a big liquor drink in a jar, but anyways, they're everywhere. As for the beaches, I think Pensacola may have the best around. At one point in time, I parked my BMW with just two tires in that soft, supple sand and got stuck. A van full of men pulled up out of nowhere and lifted it up out of the sand back onto the road, and I should have driven out of town right then and there, but I waited to get driven out of town a few weeks later. Yep, they called me into the office at work and said, Josh, it's just not working out. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. They handed me a box and I packed up my things. I left the office and I did what anybody should do when they get fired. I stopped by the liquor store, got a bottle of port wine, went home to a copy of an unread edition of Moby Dick, and guess what? Call me Josh, I got to reading before I got the hell out of town. You know what? This is the start of Crazy Town Week here on the show. I just wanted to give you the premonition of how it started. Everything was going so great, up, 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 up. And then I might have flown too close to the sun. So from Pensacola, heading back to my hometown of Melbourne to start again. That's how the story goes. But for now, let's talk about wine by the bottle, unemployment checks, and manila folders as we get back on the horse and start joshing around. Things have been going very well for me here recently, so I did what any rational person would do. I crippled and crushed all my support structures and kicked my handler to the curb. And of course, immediately everything fell to pieces, but I'm sure I'll put the puzzle back together again real soon. You know, crazy people do this all the time. Some kind, compassionate doctor puts them on some medicine that's going to help. And after a few weeks, they start to think to themselves, you know what? I'm not so crazy after all. Look at how sane I've been. You know, I don't need this medicine. And then they punt it in the toilet. And the next thing you know, cuckoo, cuckoo, they go batshit crazy or cuckoo bananas. Insert your favorite adjective for wackos here. And the next thing you know, life spirals out of control. Well, I'm not crazy. I might just be 
a little too sane. And that's why it's troubling for me to tell you about the mistakes that I've made in the past, but I've got to do it. And that's why we're going to go through it slowly but surely on all of these bad mistakes I made that took me a long time to upward spiral out of. Stay tuned for more. But you know what? Sane people need medicine too. As part of my indoctrination into the bourgeoisie, I've started to say yes to the wine menu when we go out to eat. I've found buying wine by the bottle has many perks, the first of which is the waiter, the bartender, the sommelier, if you're lucky, will continue to pour you samples of things until you find something you like. This has never been an option on the beer and liquor side of things. It does make the food taste a little better. I've found that my wife and I could easily surpass the cost of a bottle just by buying liquor, beer, or wine by the glass. So we might as well step it up a notch. Here in Florida, they will cap it and let us leave the restaurant with us. We've never actually gotten to that part yet. Have I made it to buying two bottles of wine? Whoa, 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 slow your roll. But we'll get there. (coughs) The format of the show is pretty simple. I tell you what I'm going to tell you. I tell you, then I tell you what I told you. Public Speaking 101, right? I like to think it's a comedy show, but it's probably more of a personal journal with humor attached. I was thinking, though, while I was telling that wine story, wouldn't it be great if the show had patrons? You know, like rich sponsors that could lavish bougie experiences upon me, and we could all listen as my eyes grow wide with wonder, like a child experiencing new things for the first time. So if you know of anyone, or you yourself, have access to exclusive experiences. Do you have a boat, a condo in Vail? Let's drive an expensive sports car to a Michelin-rated restaurant. Whatever it is, I promise you, I will have the best time. You'll hear it in my voice. And maybe that's not quite what I mean. I don't want to come off sounding like a fancy pants who's getting too big for his britches. Instead, I just want to have fun. I want to stick to my roots as a hyper-local man of leisure And I want to be where the good times are. So whether that's fly fishing in Montana or just surfing here on the Space Coast, what is the best thing that you do and how can I do that too? Manila folders, a thrilling topic for a Monday. I'm sure you're familiar with manila folders, a file folder designed to contain other documents. The history of this file folder dates back to the U.S. Civil War, in which Jeremiah Hohen invented it in a hurry as his squadron was being overrun and he was in dire need of something to carry his important files so they weren't left behind. Leave no file behind. Yeah, Fun fact, the manila folder isn't named because its color is manila. In fact, its color is buff. Instead, it's named after abaca or manila hemp. Manila hemp is a type of buff-colored fiber obtained from Musa textilis, a relative of edible bananas, which is also called manila hemp. It's not actually hemp, but it's named so because hemp was a major source of fiber, and they used to make rope with this. Now, not so much. Instead, it's just used for specialty papers like teabag tissue and other manila folders and envelopes. I love Google because it tells you what people are really thinking. In this case, a lot of people refer to manila folders as vanilla folders. And if you work with someone in an office where they do this, 
please encourage that behavior. Only ask for things that are sent to you in vanilla envelopes from here on out. Gosh, it certainly makes it better to lick them closed. In any event, Manila hemp, Manila folders, Manila everything is named after the capital of the Philippines. Yes, that's right. Remember that big boxing match, the Thrilla in Manila? That happened in the city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines, and the most densely populated city proper in the world. Back to those folders real quick. Their color was buff. Now, if you can't picture a vanilla folder in your mind, yeah, you heard me, think of coffee with some cream in it. The first recorded use of the word buff to describe a color was in the London Gazette in 1686, describing a uniform to be a red coat with a buff-colored lining. It referred to the color of the undyed buffalo leather that soldiers were wearing as protection. Such buff leather was suitable for buffing or serving as a buffer between polished objects. It's not clear which bovine buffalo referred to, but it may not have been any of the animals we currently call buffalo today. And that brings us to another episode of Cliché Corner. I'm your host, Joshua Last Name. In the buff, today meaning naked, originally applied to English soldiers wearing the buff leather tunic that was their uniform until the 17th century. The naked significance is due to the perception that English skin is buff-colored. So if you're somewhat darker than me and you find yourself in the nude, you can use the N-word all you want, but what you can't say is that you're in the buff. To refer back to the opener for just a minute, there I was in Pensacola, hat in hand, headed back to my hometown, defeated. Deferred from my goal, if only for just a bit. Moving back in with mom and her new hubs. A couple good things about it. They lived on the river, and I was fired, so I was going to cash unemployment checks. Yes, checks in the mail, in this case direct deposited, even back then. All I had to do was go to the state of Florida's unemployment website and answer four questions. Don't remember what they were. Just remember the answers were yes, yes. No, no, and I got paid my two seventy five a week for three months. Checks in the mail is the best, and I need to put more in the assets column, so I start getting checks in the mail as an older man, and I don't care if that's the throw from dividend-producing stocks or rentals from income-producing properties. Nonetheless, for now, I get checks in the mail by going to class action lawsuit websites and getting rebates on the things I buy at my local grocer. And just like that, we've dusted off another episode, and it was a thriller. Time for me to head back home where I'm most comfortable, in the buff. I kind of downplayed Pensacola today, and that was not my goal. Home to America's oldest settlement, founded by the Spanish in 1559. That's six years older than the smug settlement of St. Augustine. Other nicknames for Pensacola include the City of Five Flags due to the five governments that have ruled its history. That's Spain, France, Great Britain, the United States, and the Confederate States. World's widest beaches due to the people and the sand. Cradle of Naval Aviation, Pensacola's home to the Blue Angels. And it's the Red Snapper capital of the world. So if you've ever planned a trip, you should definitely try Pensacola. Hey, Crazy Town Week is going to continue here on the show whether I like it or not. Luckily, I'm finally able to properly medicate the damages, which I'll continue to do when we open another bottle and start joshing around.